Right, well, this is just your weekly reminder that we post every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for the full visuals. You can now go follow us on our, all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at Nothing But Controversy. You could also go follow our new little YouTube page called NBC Clips, where we post some of our best content in like shorter clips. And go to our Instagram page and click the link in our bio to have access to all the links to our different social media platforms. This is nothing but controversy. Four guys on a podcast and we're talking about sports. Four guys on a podcast and we're talking about sports. Nothing but controversy. Matt Dawson, Cam, and Shane. All right, so welcome back to episode 21 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. And today we actually have an amazing interview for you guys. We have Mr. Arash Madani. He's been working with Sportsnet for about 12 years now, which is unbelievable. Has amazing accomplishments, just like the 2017 George, George Gross Award for Top Sports Broadcaster of the Year in Canada. Like That's an amazing accomplishment. This man has covered amazing things like the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics, the Super Bowl, the World Series, just amazing things like that. Can you just tell me a little bit about your journey getting towards here? Well, now I'm at the top. Now I've reached Mount Rushmore. <laughs> on episode 21 of the Nothing But Controversy. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, great to be with you guys. Um, it's crazy, man, because uh, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But uh, 20 years ago, I was sitting right where you guys are, um, dreading dreading the wait for exams and uh, <laughs> and just thinking about what, what the heck I'm going to do when, when Bishops is done and kind of went on a little journey. I've lived and worked in Montreal and Ottawa and Calgary and Winnipeg. And uh, as Matthew mentioned, uh, now Toronto for the last 12 years. So I've uh, done a little bit of everything from sports radio to print to PR, um, TV, you name it. Uh, done a little bit of everything and it's kind of helped me get to get to episode 21 today <laughs> that's it that's it I know Cam wanted to bring up the Blue Jays and some sports fans so let me know what you what you think about yeah that. so obviously quite the journey for you um, some great uh, accomplishments but I want to jump right in here it was just a few long months ago um, when you spoke to my class with yeah. Dr. Pratt and uh and you were passionate about where sports betting in Canada was headed. Now with the passing of Bill C-218 or, or it's about to be passed, um, what are your thoughts about that? And where do you see betting in Canada like going, especially now here in the next month and a couple months when it's completely passed? So it's Saskatchewan MP who has introduced the bill and it's gone through the third reading in the House. Now it goes to the Senate. It is Bill C-218. I kind of want to reach out to Kevin Waugh and say we should make it Bill C-217 and a half and then just take the over. <laughs> yeah, that should be the way to go about it. Uh, look, guys, I think this is going to change the landscape in terms of how we consume sports, period. Because to me, this is not going to be just about getting single game wagering. I've been doing single game wagering literally since I was at Bishop's. Like I, I, I'm pumped for this because I feel like I have a 20 year head start on a lot of people. Um, but I think what's going to end up happening is whether you're sitting at home, your couch, in the stadium, at the bar, wherever, 
and you're watching a game on your, your handheld device or your iPad or whatever the tablet, whatever your, uh, whatever your choice of thing is, and who knows how we're going to be consuming it, say, five years from now, um, there's going to be an opportunity where on the screen, as you're watching the game, suddenly something's going to pop up on your screen of, Will the Vikings, well, will Kirk Cousins throw an interception here? Yes. Yes. No. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's going to be like minus 800. So <laughs> there may not be any value there. Um, there's going to be an opportunity to, to do a live in-game fantasy thing. If, um, if name me a corner who's going to pick off Kirk Cousins. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. They're playing the Rams, and Jalen Ramsey takes it to the house. Suddenly, at the bottom left of your screen, there's going to be something that comes up. Click here for to buy a Jalen Ramsey jersey. Um, I, I think all of this, whether you're in the stadium, whether you're at home, there's going to be so much interactive stuff. Plus, on top of that, there's going to be real revenue for leagues and teams we just saw the nfl partner with caesars at a billion dollars a year and then each individual team can sign up with FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever uh in order to make that happen uh, the closest comparable i would have to this in the last few years is when cannabis became legal you saw everybody kind of explode onto the market and then eventually it's looking like only two or three companies are going to carry it uh, forward. I think, I think sports wagering is going to go down that similar road, but the way we watch, the way we consume, the way we talk about sports now is going to change significantly because a lot more people are, people who've never wagered before are going to get into this space and they're going to start talking about sports in a different way than we ever have. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you that just a quick follow-up. Um, do you see like a bunch of new companies coming through right away or do you see like still the main ones being the, the at the center of this new fad I guess you could call it yeah it's it's a good question I don't know the answer Cam because when this like when you start dealing with governments um one they have no idea what they're doing with sports wagering so they're <laughs> gonna screw it up right so like god bless the Canadian government only the Canadian government could screw up weed and they did royally um, and the provincial government screwed up. Like, how do you do that? Um, it had been a you know billion-dollar industry with sketchy dudes um, driving unmarked cars without license plates, and they were able to figure it out, but our government wasn't. <laughs> um, look, black market wagering, uh, offshore betting is, is a staple right now. Will that change? Um, maybe. I don't know how many people are going to change their books initially, um, you know, your hardcore gamblers, but I think what you're going to end up seeing is there's going to be less pro-line wagering because who needs to bet three games or Miso Jeu in Quebec. Um, and, the, and the other rumbling I'm hearing is that Quebec may not be interested in jumping on what, what the feds are doing. Kind of course like, not. Of course. Yeah, there's always, no there. always. Kind of like what they're doing now. Yeah. I'm talking to four guys who've, uh, who've lived in, lived in the province for a while yeah so I, I don't the answer to your question is Kim I don't know because I don't know what the rollout is going to be but I bet it's going to be clunky I think we can I think we can all rest <laughs> assured that that's that's how it's going to shake down fair enough now obviously Arash like you said you're a betting man um we're all Canadians Canada's baseball team obviously you cover the Blue Jays you know religiously 
if you you are a betting man, are the Blue Jays going to make the playoffs this year? Whew. Um, I think I would have to say. Well, first of all, it depends what the what what kind of juice I'm getting um, in that bet. If it is, I would have to say at this stage because they're just a little below 500. They'd probably be around plus 200, plus mm-hmm. 250. Um, I actually think that's decent value to take them. Uh, they've somehow managed to get through the first month of the season unscathed, without Springer, missing Teoscar for most of it, uh, having very little production at the plate, having Bichette be a disaster in the field, Pearson on the injured list, um, Romano for part of it on the injured list, not really having a closer, blah, 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 blah. So they've gotten through the first month um, without finding themselves, you know, five or six games below 500 on a low trajectory. That they went into the trop and actually won a series for the first time in two and a half years, I think is actually impressive because as John Gibbons used to call that place, it's the house of horrors. But besides, none of the Yankees are, are, are shit right now, but they'll figure it out. There, there's too much talent there. And I think the Red Sox, um, this is not sustainable for Boston. Uh, I just don't know how many teams in the American League are really playoff caliber. Uh, Oakland's on fire. Yes. Um, Twins should be okay, I guess. Um, White Sox are kind of there. Who else really jumps off the page? Like, to me, the arms race is in the National League. You look at San Diego. You look at – well, Atlanta's struggling right now, but – I think they'll be fine. You look at the Dodgers, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I'm worried. Like, I, I think where the, where the real talent in baseball lies is in the NL. I think the Blue Jays could sneak into October, um, but only if I'm getting plus 200 or better. <laughs> I like that a lot. I know, Shane, you had some, some other Blue Jays-specific questions. Shane, of the group, is, as you can see by his hat, is definitely the biggest Jays fan. Uh, so, Shane, I don't know if you wanted to jump in and uh, you know, talk about yeah, that. Uh, my first question actually isn't about the Jays. Uh, you were just saying, like, uh, the playoff teams in the AL. Obviously, Seattle started off really hot, but they do that kind of every year. Sure. Do you think that they think, like, this could be a year that they make the playoffs and make a run? No. <laughs> okay. That's uh, what I thought. <laughs> look, on, on top of everything, look, over 162, talent trumps all and pitching depth is the most important thing. I don't think Seattle has either, uh, to be quite honest with you. That's what, like, Minnesota, under the radar, signing Shoemaker to a one-year three million or something, Hap just went seven hitless innings. They have pitching depth. Pitching depth is what – my concern about the Jays is right now is what they're doing to their bullpen. Their bullpen is what's kept them afloat, which is great. It's not sustainable for five, six months of the year to have these guys log these kind of innings in high leverage situations over and over again. Now, Max looks like he's going to be a guy who can give you six a night. Ryu looks like a guy who can give you six or seven. Robbie Ray, I still don't know what we saw last weekend, like 48 (laughs) pitches through two innings, yet he went five complete. I don't know what to kind of make of him. But as good as it is to have two, maybe three starters and then go one bullpen day, um, 
they need a little bit more than that. So I think at some point, if they continue to kind of hover around a conversation, the Blue Jays are going to have to go trade for a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the, if we were going to have this conversation, guys, by August, the Mariners aren't in the conversation. Um, yeah. The A's might be. The A's might be. Um, but follow the pitching. Follow the quality of pitching. And in the AL, in the NL, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just who's going to win, you know, 14 to 12. It's awesome. It's yeah. roadrunner baseball. All right. My, my next question, now, now we're kicking it back to the Jays. Uh, obviously, you talked about George Springer. We haven't seen him yet. But what does that have, like, what kind of impact does that have on the team going forward, having a guy that's been there through all those long playoff series that he did in Houston? Well, I think short term, they finally get themselves a leadoff hitter, which they haven't had all year. You know, uh, Simeon's been struggling. You know, Bichette admitted to us something like a week ago, 10 days ago, that he was pressing a little bit. Everyone's trying to do too much. And I think Springer will when he first arrives. This, this always happens with free agents. When they sign a big deal with a new team, they're trying to impress everybody. But when things settle down, um, say by mid-May, or say even by Victoria Day, where we hope Vlad will actually be in the lineup this year, um, he's going to set the table for you. And he's going to be somebody who offers a calm. He's somebody that in the locker room, in the clubhouse, guys can go talk to. He's somebody who's understood situations. He's somebody that is willing to help another teammate. Um, and as you mentioned, Shane, man, he's been there and done that. Like World Series MVP. Uh, but it's just going to take a little while to get there. Like, I don't view spring training as real big league games. This dude hasn't taken a big league at bat since last October. And by the time he gets back, it's basically going to be May. So there's going to be um, an introduction period, so to speak, into this thing. Um, He's he's going to help lengthen a lineup that needs lengthening. And I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off a lot of guys who are trying. Like, outside of Vlad, nobody's really um, played well. So maybe this can just kind of help everybody take a little edge off. Um, as they go about it. All right, and just uh, one more question. Yeah. Uh, they obviously made those two runs in 2015, 2016. Right. With Donaldson and Bautista and them. How is the culture different now with all these kids coming up and them being a really young team? What's well, totally different. It is absolutely different. Like, when you went into that locker room, God, it was a bunch of alpha males who had all – who were all accomplished dudes who were just like, um, and they knew what it was. It was go time then, let's do it now, 100 miles an hour, we're driving through the wall. Um, It's a totally different generation. Um, Guys, they're your age. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think, yeah. Literally. Um, And... You know, the Bautista Donaldson, like, I think Jose's 40 now, right? Um, so, like, kind of almost old enough to be their dads. <laughs> and they, they grew up, they came up at a time where there were no rules. And now there's all the rules. They came up at a time where there were no analytics. Now everything's on a wristband underneath, underneath your hat. Mm-hmm. Um, they were old school guys who went 100 miles an hour. They... They played hard, they prepped hard, they partied hard, they ran the town hard, they ran their mouths hard. Um, it's a totally different 
vibe. Um, and they're also like, the other thing about this group is that, and I think this is really interesting, is the core of this, of this young group that's come up together, which, and they all have come up together through the minor leagues, Vlad, Bo, and Kevin. Two of the three are sons of Hall of Famers, and the other played in the big leagues for like a decade and a half. They grew up in this. This is not a big deal to them being around a big league locker room or being around the field or hanging out with the guys. Um, there's, there's not a wide-eyed, oh my God, I've made it kind of thing. So now it's just a matter of figuring themselves out, figuring the league out. And there are going to be ups and downs. You're seeing it right now with Bichette. Saw it last year with Guerrero. You're seeing it now with Biggio learning a new position. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. But the hope, the thought, the, what the understanding is, by the time they're two or three years from now, let's say two years from now, when this team should be contending, Ryu in the last year of his contract, Springer in year three of his contract, um, the core, the, the young guys in their arbitration years, that's when they should be able to have figured something out by then. And if they do, shoot, uh, it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to hop in here before we wrap up the interview. I just want to give my, uh, my little question here. The draft is on Thursday. I mean, we are filming this on Monday. So um, the draft's on Thursday. You're wearing that Minnesota Vikings sweater. I looked at your Twitter bios. Um, you said you're a big Minnesota Vikings guy, but not a big Kirk Cousins guy. Right. But since the draft – is on Thursday. I think Minnesota's picking 14. What's, let's say, your dream, like, dream guy slide into you? Like, who do you want them to take? And then let's say, who do you think they're going to take? So, dream scenario. So, I just, well, first of all, they better not take a nickel corner because it feels like we take a nickel corner every year. And it <laughs> uh, Dream scenario is they trade up to six um, from Miami and take Kyle Pitts out of Florida, I have not, I cannot remember a more dynamic, explosive, get up, climb the ladder and go get it, threat, um, skill position, talent since Calvin Johnson. Like this dude is Megatron 2.0. He can play tight end. He can play slot, he can play receiver, and he's so big and so strong and so fast, if you put him, say, at the X receiver spot, there's no five foot nine corner who's gonna be able to stop him. So then you're gonna have to double team him, which opens up your offense, which even a moron like Cousins might be able to figure out. <laughs> so that's my dream scenario. My dread scenario is yet another nickel corner for Zimmer to, you know, drool over his morning chewing tobacco with um god only knows how they're gonna fuck it up this year <laughs> that's who you think they're gonna pick though is, a, is another nickel of course that's what we do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right or, or an offensive lineman who they reach for who can't play um but no i don't, I don't know what they're gonna do mm -hmm. jefferson's a hell of a talent um but then you know that was that was that was the pick for Diggs. And then with our own pick, we went out and took another corner who's now going to be suspended and probably put in jail after one year. So who – God only knows what they're going to do. Yeah, I feel like 14 is a very interesting spot, though. Like, you could do a lot with it, you know. There's always – I feel like there's also a lot of, like, talent in the first round where it's like 
there's some guys that could go from either like between eight and like 25. You just don't know like, like who's on whose draft board and stuff. Like, like maybe, maybe I'm spoiling it for the boys, but I think I had them, I had them taking a safety, uh, Trevin Morig from TCU. Uh, yeah. The corner last year from TCU. Um, the safety would make sense. Harrison Smith's getting long in the tooth. They don't, you know, they just lost Anthony Harrison free agency. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of predictions about the draft, guys. All right, all right here we go. All right. So first one, uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be a Miami Dolphin. Wow. Uh, two, Zach Wilson is going to be a major bust. Uh, three. There seems to be some sort of consensus around that, though, and I've heard that quite a bit. I feel like he just came out of nowhere like three months ago. He, it, was, it was always Fields and, and Lawrence, and then Lance was in there a bit, and then Zach Wilson just shot out of a cannon and uh, up everyone's draft board. But Zach Wilson can make the throws. There's a lot more to being a quarterback than just making throws. Absolutely. Especially in New York. Uh, Mac Jones to San Fran. Ugh. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan, um, he's in love with Kirk Cousins, which is, he just wants a, a system quarterback. Um, Terrence Marshall, um, LSU receiver, I bet he goes to Cincinnati with the, uh, second pick, the, the second round pick the Bengals have, whatever that is, 36, 37. Mm-hmm. Um, hooks up with Burrow again. I think the Bengals take that Oregon tackle uh, in the first round. And I really think that you're going to end up seeing Pitts be m- used more as a receiver, as the X receiver in the NFL than as a tight end. So those are, those are my four days out of the NFL draft, short-term and long-term predictions. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, to argue with that, it, to be it's always a great day when people hype up the Florida Gators. Oh, there you go. Shane, you do not like Mac Jones. I could tell from your reaction. Oh, man, no, I do not. I think trading up to three to draft Mac Jones is a fireable offense. Here's another fireable offense. The other thing I was told is that uh, the Niners offered the Jets the 12th overall pick um, for Sam Darnold, and they turned it down. And what they end up getting, like a sixth and a second and whatever. So, yeah, they got, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Jets, yeah, that's a drastic difference. In, in wow. Yeah. crazy. Wow. Come on, Joe Douglas. That is that – is No, crazy. they're just the Jets. The Jets are kind of like the Clippers. Like, they're just hopeless and they'll never win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, I'm a Lakers fan, right? Like, the Clippers is like when you – you look and you're like, oh man, I got like some scum, some some gum, a cigarette butt stuck to the bottom of my shoe. That's what the Clippers. Are. That, it's your little brother. They won't leave you alone. Well, they, no, they they're the little brother who just like wets themselves and like <laughs> forgot to wear a diaper. Like you're just like, okay. <laughs> oh man. But anyways, that does it for our interview with Arash Madani. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to say thank you again for joining us this is a great interview a lot of insight uh we really appreciate having you on episode 21 appreciate yeah, thanks it. for taking the time all right you got it we'll see you down the road fellas thank Absolutely. you Welcome back thank you. to episode 21 of the nothing but controversy podcast and what an interview that was with mr arash madani great guy super funny great knowledge of sports 
we're definitely going to have him back on. Absolutely. If he'll join us for sure. With that being said, let's hop into a new segment. Uh, a segment that's like relatively new um, that we started doing. We're going to do this all the time, and it's called This Week in Sports. For those who are just joining us for the first time or have never seen uh, This Week in Sports, basically it's just we're going to bring up something that happened last week in sports. Um, I'm just going to br- – and we're probably all going to end up talking about this because our pretty much our whole podcast last week was about the draft. And the NFL draft happened. So that's my thing I'm going to bring up. And since we're going to talk about it a little bit during the podcast every now and then, I'm just going to bring up like one like crazy stat. Okay. This stat is about Trevor Lawrence. Okay. The surefire number one pick, easiest pick ever. Everyone had him at number one, best player in the draft, best quarterback we've seen as a prospect in a while. Okay. Another stat said, Trevor Lawrence, unless he goes 17-0, is set to lose the first regular season game of his life. He went undefeated all through high school in the regular season and wow. in college. Wow. Like, if that doesn't tell you, number one pick, a guy who you're going to draft is going to make you a winner, like, that is just the craziest stat. Uh, Clemson lost once last year in the regular season. That He was hurt. <laughs> that's crazy he had, COVID. he had covid he wasn't even hurt he just had covid like like what an unbelievable stat a little hometown bias the only guy i know who almost did that is kyler murray he was 43 and 0 in high school and then i think he lost i only he only started for one season at oklahoma so i think he, he lost oh, one damn. game in the regular season but God, yeah no damn. no doubt trevor lawrence is next level hey that's why tanner said if he if he came out straight out of high school and went to the draft, he would have got picked first overall. Yeah, every single year he could have came out and he could have been the number one pick. That's crazy, though. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That was sick. That's wild. Speaking of the draft, it wouldn't be the show Nothing But Controversy if we didn't argue a little, okay? And, Matt, I think you're going to back me up here because we actually already had this conversation, okay? And my hot take of the draft, I don't care, Shane, how happy you are, I think Kadarius Tony was a reach. I think it was a reach. Um, I'm not taking anything away from him. And to talk about fun stats, um, he was projected last year to be like a seventh-round pick or something, and now he's set to make like $7 million just in his signing bonus, which is fucking crazy. But uh, Shane, you can fight me on this. You can throw stats at me. But uh, I think Kadarius Tony was a bit of a reach. I think – Go. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shane. Go, go, go. Like, I agree it was a reach. But he was still a first-round pick. It's not like they were taking some yeah. guy that was going to go in the second round. Like, he was there to be a first-round pick. He was obviously the receiver they wanted after Devontae Smith went to the Eagles. So, they got an extra first-round pick, extra first and fourth, to move back nine spots. Absolutely. They ended up getting a receiver that can do literally anything in their offense. And it was a reach, but getting the picks that they got and getting a receiver, which they thought they needed – like, it works out, I guess. Yeah, don't get me wrong. The trade back was probably the best trade of the first round, I think. Absolutely. But for me, if Rashad Bateman's on the board, it's but tough. The, I'm saying. But, but it's tough for me. find Kenny Galladay to be that big receiver, why do yeah. you want it? Like, I understand we have Sterling Shepard and, and stuff, but Darius Slayton and and Kenny Galladay are both big receivers. Yeah. Try, I Like, you got to pick what you want. And at that point, they needed they wanted a guy who could do everything instead of another mm-hmm. big receiver. So it makes sense. Yeah, I, think I know. Necessary. I thought there was better players in the draft, regardless of like receivers. Like 
Like you know, hey, well, they wanted a receiver, so they took a receiver. I, I guess, but like they need a corner. To, I think they need a corner more they than they need a receiver. They don't. There also wasn't a first. There wasn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, they. Uh, I don't Farley think they need a corner like that. Yeah, they Caleb don't need a corner has, desperately. Caleb Farley has a bunch of injury concerns. I also – I know Urban Meyer, like, isn't successful in the NFL. He's never tried it out, and we'll see what happens. That. But he said that he was, like, uh, whatever. Heartbroken, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that Kadarius yeah. Tony wasn't there at 25. So, yeah. to be fair, like, if the Giants really wanted him that badly, take it in there was their only was their only solution. So, yeah, it is what it – we'll see how it pans out. Like, we, we can say all this stuff about – I think the biggest reach of the first round, though, was Travis Etienne at 25. That's what I was going to say. I think it's a great pick – for the Jags, I don't know if it's a great pick at 25. Like, I'm, reuniting Etienne and Lawrence is sick, but first of all, you don't need him. You have James Robinson. Yeah, that's the only thing I would say. Like, I, I forget which uh, analyst said it, but he literally said that's a slap in the face to James Robinson. Yeah, which it is, is absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that was definitely a reach. I, the other only one I would, you know, kind of point to, not because of skill, just because of where he was projected, was Alex Leatherwood, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't think there was many crazy reaches this year. Before before we move on to anything else, like, just talking about, like, Travis Etienne and James Robinson, like, it was so funny. Like, literally, like, two minutes after yeah. Travis Etienne got drafted, one of my buddies <laughs> who's, who's, in our, who's in our fantasy football group chat who has a keeper, he kept James, uh, James Robinson. <laughs> He's like, can we – can we change, can we our, change keeper? our keepers? I was like, I guess. <laughs> like, that like, oh, killed yes. me. Urban's going to be running that two-back system. I mean, if they think it makes sense, they trust each other. So Yeah. I wonder how we'll much pull Trevor had on that. Probably, yeah, probably a decent yeah. amount. Yeah. Just so we saw we saw what Burrow, Burrow got his guy. So I saw – it was crazy all the quarterbacks getting reunited with their receivers, like Jalen um, with Devontae. Yeah. Uh, who was Burrow. it? Burrow and Chase. Tua and, and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Tua and Waddle too, which is crazy. It's sick. Yeah. That's that actually super sweet. cool. And then, uh, who was it? I think Devontae and Jalen were at, like, a Sixers game the next day, which is sick. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, back to the draft. We had four Canadians drafted um, in the first four rounds. Javon Holland, safety out of Oregon, went before Morik, Merrick, whatever. That's crazy, right? yeah. But, so, but, yeah, but I, I watched a bit of tape on him before. Um, the draft just because I heard like a bit of buzz around his name like that that kid can ball man yeah and then Josh Palmer receiver out of Tennessee I don't even know where he, I think he went to Miami but I could be wrong no he went to uh Carolina Chargers. oh he went to LA or yeah he's a baller too and he was doing it with a fairly serviceable quarterback in college I like Jared Garantano but he's he's not panning out at all um and then our boy from Montreal Benji St. Juiced He's just a fucking freak in nature. Yeah, unfortunately but, going to division rival, but we'll take it. I hope that guy succeeds. So, and then uh, Chuba. Chuba went to the Panthers. I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, they beefed up their O-line. They well, got Mike Casey Davis role. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, listen, if they're, if, they're, healthy. if they're scared of, of Christian McCaffrey playing three downs a, a game, a, a drive, you know, let's say. Um, I mean, he's a good third down back to have, you know, if, if they want to limit his reps. Yeah, he's had all those injury problems. Like, let's not forget that Chuba, if he declared last year, he was in the conversation with the Jonathan Taylors, the J.K. Dobbins. Like, he was going to be like a second running back taken. Yeah, like yeah, he, I think he would have been too. Just judging by the by where uh, Jonathan Taylor and 
and uh, and JK went. Like they both yeah. went in the second round. Yeah, and right? Swift too. Yeah, so there you go. The yeah. first the first running back was was Clyde. Clyde. Yeah. yeah, yeah. wasn't a gr- wasn't a great running back class. Like I think the running like two, the two best running backs in this draft, maybe even the best three, were up there. Like Najee Harris is better is best out of out of any of the running backs in my opinion in the last two drafts. Travis Etienne I think is better than Clyde. Honestly. I don't know, man. Jonathan Taylor looked nice last year. Yeah, it's all, it's all going to depend on the fit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Swift was pretty nasty at Georgia. Yeah. yeah. All right. Enough about the draft. We covered that all last week. We don't just talk about football here. We're going to talk about hockey. We're going to start it off. Boys, the Cole Caulfield goal scoring. Fuck yeah, baby. begun in Montreal. Jeff Peter is back, play. man. Jeff yeah. Petrie is alive and well. Yeah. See, bro, every time Weber's out of the game, Petrie just steps up like crazy. Came out of hibernation. Yeah, exactly. Literally. They got to start using Petrie more as their number one instead of Weber when he's healthy, but uh, that's my opinion. There's a reason I don't get paid to coach the Montreal Canadiens. Number two, Ryan Miller. Uh, Canadian uh, legend for letting in that great goal that Sidney Crosby scored, the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, every, every Canadian will always know him for that. Uh, is retiring. He had a great career. You know, congratulations to him. And shout out to the Kings. You guys see they all stayed on the ice to congratulate him after oh, that yeah. last game. Yeah, yeah, they all That's stayed sick. to, to give him a hug and handshake. Huh? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's tough. He bounced around the last few years of his career. Me big I feel like I feel like he was in... I feel like he was in Buffalo forever, and then he left, and he went to – He was in Vancouver for a bit. He yeah, got traded yeah. to St. Louis from Buffalo. Then he went to yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, it's giving me real Roberto Luongo vibes. No, Roberto Luongo is way better than Ryan Miller. And he's in fired. My opinion. In no my cups. Opinion. Changed teams like the end of their career, I guess. Yeah. GM and okay, Team Canada. Was, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Or, or hey, just going back exact. to – Shane, I know you wanted to uh, – I know you brought up the Cole Caulfield thing. But if there was ever a doubt that Shane was a sports guru, it was just fucking proven on Cole Caulfield's first goal. So, obviously, we have a group chat for NBC. And you guys can vouch for me. Maybe 10 or 15 seconds before Caulfield scored the overtime winner, Shane just called it. He's like, imagine Caulfield yeah. scored right here. Yeah. And then, boom, it was fucking amazing. <laughs> no, that's not even what he said. He said, he said I, I feel what so bad – that the Habs fans aren't going to uh, – has, has Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Cole Caulfield's first goal. Bro, that building would have been raw. Oh, my God. On a Saturday? Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah. On a Saturday, it would have been Especially nuts. the way they've been playing. That was just such a huge energy boost. They hadn't won two in a row in, like, the whole month of April or something. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's a sense, but still a huge it, it's still, The way they were playing, the way they were looking before, like, five minutes left in that game, they yeah. didn't deserve to win that. Yeah. And now Calgary's down for the count, so – that's yeah, always good to see. And let yeah. me tell you, Montreal might end up in third. <laughs> it's going to be tight. They're tied on points right now, or is it they're yeah, down? They're down, like, too. they're down, yeah. But they both have played tonight. Okay. Winnipeg and the Habs play Toronto. Yeah. Right. Right. Long story short, Cole, come on the show. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Shane, you got any more hockey for us? That's all I have for today, friends. All right, well, just quickly, I don't want to spoil any upcoming segment, perhaps even the next segment, but – it, it, it's tough to go by this week in sports not talking about Aaron Rodgers yep. and the shitstorm that's going on in Green Bay. I don't know if you saw Devontae's tweet from today. Yeah. But he was like, appreciate what you have while you have it or some shit like that. Like, imagine he left too. Like, oh, my God. 
Well, someone someone said that's exactly how the Stefan Diggs situation. Yeah, I saw started. that too. He tweeted I saw that something too. similar, and and exactly. then as we knew it, he was gone in a couple yeah. months. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's go into our question of the week. And for the past couple of times, we've had a couple, couple questions of the week. This week, this hasn't changed. We have two. And, you know, we just kind of debuted it a little bit. But the question of the week is, what is your prediction for how the Aaron Rodgers situation is going to play out? So basically, for those who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, Aaron Rodgers basically that he's done. Yeah. He is not with football, but with the organization. Okay. Yeah. With the executives and stuff. Okay. And now apparently it's coming out. He's saying like it's either he's leaving or the GM's getting fired. Like it's one of the two. And yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, he's really mad because he wanted to keep it private, and then it then all the media started buzzing about it and whatnot. Like uh, Matt Lafleur and like a bunch of executives have been taking like a bunch of trips to California to, to try and convince him to stay. And apparently he's not budging and stuff. But yeah, so I guess like what's your prediction? My prediction is I'm just. I feel like this happens quite a bit. I mean, maybe not on this magnitude of this kind of player, like the reigning MVP. Um, there's only been two MVPs that have not played for the same team the year after, and they both have been retired. Like, they both retired after winning MVP. Yeah. No, no, no ever played to play for another team. Yeah. So, like, that's crazy when you think about it. But I'm just imagining things are going to chill out a bit. People are going to start to relax, and the Packers are going to do something, or they're going to do everything they can to keep Rodgers – um, I can't imagine Rogers playing for anyone else. I just don't think he's going to, like, I don't think he would leave unless he went to California just to go back to where he's from. But like, I don't know. I think he's built a life in green Bay. I think it would be like, he'd be like the biggest villain ever. If he left, like, that'd be crazy. Like, yeah, I agree with that. But also he he's like, well, I guess he's going to get married now, but he doesn't have a family. Like he's not, there's a lot of rumors that he's not close with his brother or parents. So, I feel like there's nothing stopping him other than his love for the city, um, which has been a little bit distraught. But also, just quickly, I've been to Green Bay. There's not much to love about it. Like it's not like <laughs> no, like it, there's no redeeming qualities. Like there's Lambeau, the Bucks too, or something. Uh, he might be like a super small stake in them. I yeah, think. he might be. He, he had that be. video of him just absolutely awfully chugging that beer yeah. from Milwaukee. It's just awful. Like. I could probably chug like three beers before he's done one. I think David's actually did. I think he get five down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, nothing, nothing crazy about Green Bay. So carry on, Cam. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think he'll stay, but part of me thinks he might go too. Yeah, I do like Amari Rogers in the third round for him, though. I think mm-hmm. it's a, a sneaky little addition for them. Yeah, it killed me. It's like breaking news. A Rogers will play for Green Bay this year. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like Amari Rogers. I, st- but, I still can't believe they they didn't take a receiver in the first round. Yeah. Like I can't believe it. Like literally, the whole story blew up that day. Everyone's freaking out. They're like, they better take an offensive weapon. And they go and they, I think it went cornerback. Like, <laughs> like, like, like shit like this can't change your draft plan. Like I don't care who it is, bro. Like you're. Like it can't change your draft line. If you're yeah, going to me, like, how is your draft line not getting a receiver in the first place? Like, well, maybe they don't value it. Maybe they don't value the guys that were there that highly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Bateman was. Maybe Bateman, Bateman was, was gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Bateman was gone. Or maybe maybe they wanted Tony and Bateman, and both of them were gone. And Elijah Moore just they didn't have a first round grade on him. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said this on the podcast before. Like, I appreciate Aaron Rodgers for his fantastic, unbelievable football skills. But, like, it's not a secret that he's kind of a dick, right? So, I don't think he's so overly attached and feels obliged to stay in Green Bay. No, like, I exactly. think, like, like oh. yeah, yeah, you gave me a career. Yeah, you did this. Yeah, you did that. But, like, fuck you. Like, I don't think he's super, um, you know, like, he doesn't feel like he's obliged to stay in Green Bay. And I think Green Bay management, like, they've proven it the past two years. Like, they're playing hardball with him, too. They drafted Jordan Love. They fucking drafted a defensive player in the first round. I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday or today, but Aaron Rodgers publicly praised this receiver. I, I don't even know this guy, Jake Kumaro. I don't even know him. He was like he's, a fifth receiver. Yeah. yeah. He, like Aaron Rodgers like publicly praised him, said like he's been great for the relationship between him and Green Bay, and then Green Bay cut him today. Like, what the fuck? No, there is some weird stuff going like, on. Like it's with them. weird. It's like And it went from like him like that that's that headline came out of like he told the he told the management to accept the Niners offer. And then it was he want he told the he told the owner to fire the GM, like there's a lot of bad blood right now, and it's yeah. boiling, and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Bold, bold prediction. The GM uh, the GM walked in on his wife and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's why they have such bad blood. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, yeah. I'm saying, like, obviously I understand <laughs> that you're fucked up. <laughs> you're fucked up. Well, I mean, if the guy walks in, he closes the door, there's no real bad blood. If he joins in, then you might have something to a bone to pick with him. <laughs> Anyways, I forgot what I was gonna fucking say. Thank you for that. Now I'm just picturing You're Aaron Rodgers fucking. Uh... Oh, I always gotta keep you t- keep you on your toes. Oh, what was I gonna say? Ah, oh, the moments passed. Okay, yeah, I saw like a stat today that it was like no quarterback has ever played 17 years for Green Bay, and it was like Bart Starr played 16, Brett Favre played 16, and Rodgers just played a 16 season. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, honestly, I think he's going to be back. And, like, if he's not, there's apparently a rumor that he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think so. Like, so if good. he does, if he does, then fine. You don't have him, but neither does the other 31 teams in the NFL. The only way yeah. I see him retiring is if he gets that job at Jeopardy, like hosting Jeopardy, you know? And it's not like they're not ready if he retires. They drafted, they drafted Jordan Love for a reason. I was going to say, they, they played the, the long game, too, at the same time. I know it was hardball with Rodgers and trying to, like, keep him in shape or whatever, but that was a, that, that might have been a good move if he does retire. So, go. Yeah. What's your prediction, then? What's going to happen? He's going to stay. Okay. Me, too. I think he's staying. Yeah, yeah same. All right. So, we're, uh, we, got a, we got a question of the week unity here. So, if he leaves, we're all dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our second question of the week. And uh, Shane, Shaner came up with this one. I kind of like it. Yeah, I was walking on the golf course, and uh, I get a text, and I'm like, he's like, can we, can we add this? I was like, yeah, yeah let's do it. So uh, the second question is, should college players, I guess any bas- like anyone, any NCAA athlete or just football players you're talking about? I, mean, I was talking about football, but I guess we can go anything. Let's just say NCAA athletes. Anyone that declares and goes undrafted, should they be allowed to go back to the NCAA? I say, why not? Okay. It helps the schools get their play, get their players back. Okay. If they are losing big guys on their team, you know, whatever, if they're seniors or whatever, they're, they're juniors, I guess. And 
um, it allows the players to understand like where they went wrong, you know, like, like maybe they'll get a, they'll get the draft grades and stuff and people will be like, you're not strong enough. You're not fit enough. And they can work on it. Or like, like your, your hands need to get better. Like we didn't draft you because we have this concern, this concern, they could work on it for another year, you know, so it helps them go back and get drafted the next year as a better player, you know, like to me, like betting on yourself. And if you, if you go on draft and unsigned and you're just fucked, like, I think that's, that's just brutal. Like it's, you know, like your career could almost be over if you don't get drafted in the CFL or something. Absolutely. Like, you know, like it's, it, it is brutal. And I say, why not? Like, like it, it just benefit. It benefits the colleges. It benefits the players, and honestly, it benefits the NFL teams. Like, if you're, you're if getting you, more pro ready guys. Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you if you say to a guy, we didn't draft you. We were gonna draft you in the, the sixth round, but then we watched some more tape. We saw this. We saw this. We didn't like it. Improve it. If we see it better on the tape, maybe we'll draft you next year. Maybe, like guys will get better. You know, like and I think guys going undrafted, going back to their, going back to college and playing another year is gonna make them better. Like it's gonna make yeah. them gonna give them more experience like and it's gonna give all the guys in the locker room a look into the draft process they're gonna say look the scouts really look at this this that whatever but unfortunately as fucked up as the ncaa is because it's really fucked up this isn't just a rule that can like toggle on and off you know because there's gonna be things like oh when you declare did you sign with an agent because then if you signed with an agent technically you're not eligible for the ncaa did you sign any endorsements any sponsorships whatever because then then you can't play in the NCAA. Obviously, that's changing and that's evolving, but it's tough. But for the for the betterment of the players, for the betterment of the 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 teams, for the betterment of the leagues, I think absolutely. Like, why not? Like, I I don't see why not. But unfortunately, it's it's a lot more than just you know a, a switch that can be flipped on and off. I agree. I think it benefits NCAA more than anything. Like they're they're getting these guys back and and guys who are declaring for the draft they're not no names like we all know like for the most part we know who these guys are so um it definitely helps them obviously it helps the players but let me ask you guys a quick question just because you know we like to add a little controversy would you rather go undeclared and go back i mean i guess if you're alabama clemson the big the big schools with the best of the best coaching and facilities and everything but let's say you're outside of the power five as a football player would you rather go undrafted and get a shot on like do you think you'll improve your game more on a practice squad I, I understand that your career could be over and you could never crack a team eventually but or would you rather go back to college and take your chances improving your game in college I'd rather take my chance in the, in the NFL or going back yeah, to college going back to college fair enough yeah yeah I would go back to college too because what do I have to lose like if, if I can make a practice squad last year I could probably make a practice squad next year and this just gives me another chance to go out and actually get drafted again. Also gives you the extra year of experience. That's it. 100%. That's the side I was on. I just wanted to see if someone we, else we, would uh, flip. We saw how many people go from one year, like Dawson said before, Kadarius Tony, seventh round pick. He just went twentieth overall. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Burrow sure. was what a projected fifth round the year before, and then became the first overall pick. Had probably the greatest year of a quarterback in in NCAA history. Yeah. Like you never know, and even like this year, especially with those guys opting out uh, because of COVID. Like, Jamie Newman, before this year, was projected to go first over uh, first round, sorry. He went undrafted, signed with the Eagles. Because he, uh, it sucked because he transferred to Georgia, and I was like, okay, he'll, he'll have a sick year, you know, and then opted out, and that happened. Yeah, but exactly. I'm pretty sure he showed out at the at the senior bowl. Well, he, he started off, like, he started off pretty bad in the week because he, he was rusty, but 
we got better as the week went, but like going from first round to undrafted, like should be able to go back and, and, and play and prove what he, he could do. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. It depends. Like not for nothing. If I'm someone like Dylan Moses, I'm probably not going back to Alabama because I can probably walk onto a team and make the, make the, what is it? 53, 52 man roster. 53, yeah. yeah. I can, I can probably make that roster if I'm Dylan Moses, but like, it depends. It, it really depends. Fair enough. Just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Are we good? We're good here? Yeah, I'm great here. All right. Let's move on to another segment that we do every week. That's our bold prediction of the week. So uh, this week I got a, a little future bold prediction. Okay. It's kind of still about the draft, but it's a guy who got drafted. Okay. My bold prediction is that the winner of the 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year will be Devontae Smith. Ooh. I hope so. You don't hear any complaints out of me. All right. My bold prediction is that all five quarterbacks we saw drafted in the first round will be week one starters. And that's bold. That is bold. Very very bold. Start off over Cam Newton. Shane, it's bold. I don't even know. I think Mac Jones Jones will play before the year's done. Yeah, I think so too. Same for Trey Lance. Do I I realistically think it's probably – No, no, no. I wasn't arguing with you. I'm just saying like – Definitely, I, if I had to put money on it, all five guys will start a game this year. I'm sure. sure. Yeah, I point, yeah. Thank you. Bold. And uh, you know what? We all hated on on. Can we touch on this for one second before I get to my bold prediction? We all hated on the Niners taking Mac Jones. I hated it because the trade, and I personally didn't really like the fit. How good of a fit do you guys think he'll be in New England? I think it was I, I personally really for, like it. I, I really think like it's a perfect it. spot for him to go. I think it, it definitely was. Yeah. We're going to talk about this later, though. Last well, year last year proved that Josh McDaniels doesn't know how to use a quarterback like Cam Newton. He needs a pocket passer, and that's yeah. exactly what Matt Jones is. Yeah, I think they're just going to load up on weapons. But anyways, my bull prediction, I guess it'll fall into next week, is that the Habs will finish third in the division. Yeah. Oh, baby. Woo! Nice. They're going to go on a run. Let's go. Would rather play it's time. Right now is the time. You get hot right before the playoffs. Let's go. And they've been so good against Edmonton this year. Like, there's exactly. that's what I'm come saying. on, that's all the motivation you need. I'd right. much rather play Edmonton than Toronto right now. Let me tell you, I'm, uh, I'm speaking it into existence. Right. Bringing back my future bold predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor Hall will not leave Boston in free agency. Ooh. He will sign a five-plus-year contract in Boston. Wow. Do we have a dollar seen figure? It before. Dollar figure, probably roughly over eight million a year. Shane, Shane are on the sticks. Taylor Hall asking for eight point two. Give him nine, just because. Let's give him two. It'll make him. Uh, I would. I don't offer Taylor Hall contracts. You know that. <laughs> oh man, I like those. I like those. But All right. It's time to move on. It is. We're going back to a segment we haven't done in a while, and it's a segment we like to call. Think fast. (laughs) 
So for those who don't remember or don't know, Think Fast is a little game we like to play where I'll ask a question and these guys have like five to ten seconds to write down an answer, you know, thinking quickly and you got to think fast, right? That's it. I got five of these today. And spoiler alert, they're all about the draft. Woo! So think fast question number one. What was your favorite pick of the draft? Can we add our ours? Like, does it have to be first round? Doesn't have to be first round. Absolutely not. So what was your favorite pick of the draft? Any team, any round, any selection. I mean, no, I was gonna say I was gonna say Jared Patterson, but he didn't even get drafted. Crazy. Let me know if you guys can see this. Okay, you ready? Three, two, two, one. All right, so I have Devontae to the Eagles. Uh, Dawson has Quiddy Pay to the Colts. I forget where Trey Sermon went, to be honest. He went to the Niners. That's who Shane has. And pick. Benjamin St. Just is what Cam has to the Washington football team. The thing I'm going to say is, listen, he was my favorite player in the draft, and he got drafted by a team where I think he's going to end up being their number one guy. And like I said in my bold prediction – He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. He's going to torch the NFC East. He got drafted into a division, I guess, that's kind of on the come up, but they were the worst division in football last year. Uh, he's going to torch the Giants for 250 yards both times he plays them. <laughs> yeah, uh, the top five corner in the NFL. That's how, that's how it's going to go down. All right. Uh, are you done, Matt? Yeah, I'm good. So going in, Quiddy Pay was my number one pass rusher. I had him over Jalen Phillips. Um, so when I had the chance or when the Colts had the chance to take Quiddy at 21, I mean, I was super pumped with that. Obviously, special shout out to all my Canadians, especially Ben. Obviously, I played against Ben a lot. So um, that was awesome to see. And third round, like, I think he went to a good team, awesome defense. I think he's really going to thrive there. So shout out to him. But I got to go with my boy Quiddy on the Colts. Yeah, I just went with Ben because, you know, when was the last time we see, we saw Montreal get drafted? I don't think ever, never in my lifetime. Like, that was – I don't I, I don't think we understand, like, or we don't necessarily feel the, the magnitude of that now, but if he becomes a starter, like, if he's a day one starter, this is going to be crazy, like, for Canada. So, but I'm going to throw in a little curveball because I didn't get to think about it for that long. Think fast. Ronnie Perkins. I knew that. Was they got him at 96. I saw him as, like, a second-round grade. Um, obviously, he missed a few games last year. Obviously, I'm an Oklahoma fan. I watched a lot of this guy. I think he's going to be a great fit there, even if it's just, like, a rotational pass rusher kind of kind of role. I, I think he'll, he'll be really good. All right. First off, shout-out to my boy, Ojolari. That was a great steal in the second round. But Trey Sermon to the Niners in, what was it, the fourth round, I think? That was a great – they redid, like, that whole RB room. You know, Tevin Coleman left. Matt Breida left last year or two years ago. When was it? Um, Derek McKinnon just left also. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're rebuilding that that running back room behind Mostert. And I think Trey Sermon fits perfectly behind Raheem Mostert. I find they're, like, they're really similar running backs. I just think he's going to fit perfectly in, in Shanahan's offense. Another Oklahoma All right. guy. Well, move on to question. Yeah, I'll give it to you. 
Yeah, let's move on to question two here. We just did what's your favorite pick? What's your least favorite pick of the draft? Mm -hmm. Fuck, I don't even have one. Uh, That's hard. I don't even know why. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. What did he do to you? All right, just quickly before they argue, Matt has Kadarius Tony going to the Giants. What did he do to you? It's not even that big. It's not even that deep. To me, it's just like – I, 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 first of all, I didn't even. I, I thought there was maybe two or three better receivers Ooh. on the board. Rondale Moore, Elijah Moore. There's another guy, but every team had Rondale Moore ranked as a second round receiver. Every team. Okay, this is me talking. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm quickly lifting up my. I side. personally think that there were better players on the board than. Okay, so Travis is. Shane, what you have? I had Etienne. Really? Yeah. You guys say what you had. I didn't see. Oh, I yeah, had so Michael Parsons. I had, had Jamar Chase. Yeah. I, okay. I hate the pick personally because I don't want to see Michael Parsons in Dallas at all. Um, that was yeah. a guy I really wanted in Philly. So, anyways. Look, I was I was super adamant in last week's episode that I think the Bengals should draft an O line, and they let me down. They took the receiver, uh, so that was my least favorite pick, just because I was very very adamant that they take Seawell. Uh, but they didn't. Yeah. All right. Is it you guys good? You guys want to talk? Wait, wait. I know no, we were I, on live. I, I, I'm focused on today with Tony right now. I know we were on live, but how what? surprised are you guys on a scale of one to ten? Let's say that Jalen Waddle went at six. I was very not because of his skill or anything, but just like where it was. I thought they were taking Sewell for sure. I think I, it's like I, it's I, great I to pair him with. Me too. Yeah. I thought they were going to take Sewell, but I, I'm not surprised because I, I saw a lot of mocks where where the Dolph, I had the Dolphins had uh, – I, I think I saw more mocks with the Dolphins taking Waddle than Devontae Smith. So, But, yeah. Fair All right, enough. question three. I'm not over this. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. I'll Talk hear about what? my boy. Kadarius Tony. Yes, I want to hear it. I just said what I had to say. It's not that deep. Who else, who else was ranked higher than him? Like as players? No, receivers. Like I, I don't know. I said the two. Like the said, I said that I thought that those two. Rashad Bateman was on the board too, man. Rashad, yeah. Rashad Bateman, but we already talked about Rashad Bateman. Oh yeah, Rashad. Oh, Bateman but Matt said he had three players and he only named two because he forgot the third one. I yeah. was assuming it was Rashad. We Bateman. talked about Bateman at the, at the top. We talked about Bateman at the top. They didn't need a physical big receiver. Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony could do more in an offense than Elijah Moore can. Like Elijah Moore is a better receiver, but Kadarius Tony could do more. Right. I'm just saying, stop the hate. Kadarius Tony, I love you. Jason Garrett is yeah, going to really ruin Kadarius Tony so badly. <laughs> Jason Garrett is absolutely going to ruin Kadarius Tony. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to I'll see I'll always it have too. the memories of him torching Alabama's defense. That's all, that's all I need. Torching them to a L. Oh, you know what? I'm going to add to my favorite pick. The Eagles signed Trevon Grimes as a UDFA. Oh, Shane, I know cool. you like that I one. I saw a video of him absolutely mossing Pat Sertan in that game this morning. See, like, that's a guy that might have gone back. That's a guy that might have yeah. gone back to college. I, I wish he was back. Moving on. All right. Move on to question three here. So we did what's your favorite. We did what's your least favorite. Now, what do you think was the best pick of the draft? Take that as you want, but what do you think is the best pick? 
Isn't this our top five? Okay, let's say besides besides Trevor Lawrence. Okay, let me erase. That's probably the best pick. Like, I know what Matt's gonna put, but do you? Yeah, you're gonna put Mac Jones. No. Oh. I think Sewell to the Lions is wow. an absolute slam dunk. All four it's of us. It's a think fast unity, dude. All four of us had Sewell to the Lions, and let me tell you, what I was thinking the Lions, the the Lions staff was probably thinking ahead of that pick is exactly what they did. Like when you when they showed yeah. like Dan Campbell them, <laughs> that guy, that one guy freaking out. Like, dude, them getting Penny Sewell at seven is cr- so crazy to me. Yeah. Like they got the steal. Like, oh, man. And it's crazy to think you got to steal at seven, you know? Like, oh, man. Like, oh, I thought that was easily the most slam dunk pick besides Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Kyle Pitts was good, too, though. Kyle Pitts, I'm happy they took Kyle Pitts. Brad Holmes was ready to run through a brick wall after he drafted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was it the Eagles? I forget who it was. There was, like, the director of player personnel. Yeah, so – Like, they were going around and props and everyone, and this guy's like, no. Because – so he – uh, he's been the GM of two teams, I believe, um, in the NFL. He's been in the, he's been around the NFL for like forty years or something crazy. Okay. And he's so you can like uh, people like read his lips and like deciphered it and said, basically he said look at the board or or stick to the board or something to that effect. So basically, Milton Williams. He's a D tackle from, but he's he's I don't know. He looks pretty cool. I watched a bit of tape, but um, I guess they wanted a corner and they didn't go get him. So. He was very upset. It looks terrible, though. That was a hilarious video. Yeah, it was fucking funny. All right, what's number four, Matt? All right, question number four. Okay. What is your prediction out of this draft class? Who is the player that will win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Okay. Think fast, not think long. Gotta think of all the players that we drafted. Yeah. All right. Really? Dawson has their defense is so bad. I have a shocker. Yeah, I like that one too. Caleb Farley. I'm just doing this for controversial reasons. Also, shout out to Kane has okay. It's John, right? John Stokes. Eric. Eric Stokes. Who's John Stokes? Who am I thinking? Like John Snow. Like. (laughs) Anyways, Eric Stokes. J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. All right. You know what? With him, him with Dante Action Jackson, I like it a lot. I yeah. don't know. Listen, listen, when I was doing my mock draft, I had Greg Newsom going to the Titans because I thought – and I was like, that's probably one of the most slam-dunk picks they're going to get. And they had Caleb Farley fall, t- like, to their laps. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even imagine Caleb Farley falling. That. I, I said there was no chance that he even gets past the Colts, and he did which is crazy to me. And listen, I, I love this guy. A lot of scouts say that when healthy, he might even be the best corner in the draft. So we'll see what happens. But uh, if he plays well, uh, I can't wait to see his career. I mean, I know he's playing against your team, uh, Dawson, in Tennessee, but uh, he's, he's a good player. Carson's going to fucking torch him. Um, no, but I chose Micah <laughs> partially because I was panicking because I was running out of time. And uh, also partially because, like Cam said, the Cowboys' defense is kind of shit, so I think he's going to stand out, first of all, in that defense. Um, the only thing that's concerning me a bit is the Cowboys didn't pick up 
Leighton's uh, Leighton Vandrush's fifth year option. So he's going to be fucking balling out of control on a con- what is now a contract year for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just going to play really well. I think he, he they have a good linebacking core too. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, Sean Lee retired. I think he slots in pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, yeah. I like JC because I don't know. Like I said, Dante Jackson, he's balling. Um, JC can come in and be that number two. Um, in that division, there's no like, there's no absolutely ridiculous number twos. Calvin Ridley might be the biggest one, uh, or Godwin maybe. Hmm? Yeah, but... no, I do have good ones. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are pretty good number twos. Yeah. <laughs> the Fair only enough. one who doesn't have one is the Saints. Like, oh, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I do think Zayvon Collins has a good shot too. I could see him getting like double digit sacks potentially. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting this year, though, for defense. Last year there wasn't like it was, it was Chase Young, Julian Blackman kind of came into the conversation a bit like yeah, midway Patrick, through the year. Yeah. Jeremy Chin. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Chin is bad. Yeah, I'm just. I hope. I really hope. Yeah, I really hope Jeff Okuda comes around this year because he was a very hyped prospect. Did Sean Wade get drafted? What? Did Sean Wade get drafted, or was he, or did he not? Baltimore took him. Really, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. But uh, he was projected to go top two round, top two, not top two, but first sec. First, the first two rounds at one point, no? Before last year, oh, they he was played Clemson. To be the first corner off the board. Yeah. Damn. But, uh, all right, I went, I went with Eric Stokes here, simply because playing opposite, it's uh, Gaier Alexander, who may have been the second or third best corner in the league last year. So no quarterbacks throwing it to him. So Stokes is either a sink or swim. He's got to he's got to prove because they're yeah. gonna attack him. So he's got to prove that he can play in the NFL. And if he proves, I think he's a, a runaway defensive player of the year. And now he's got Rodgers breathing down his neck because they didn't draft the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the last, uh, the last question here. In your opinion, what was the biggest surprise of the draft? I want to say Sewell again. I mean – Saints taking Peyton Turner was Dawson's. Uh, was Dawson's? That was your biggest surprise. I'm just gonna go with that chain again. Okay. Yeah, it was my biggest surprise because again, I'm not the biggest college football guy, but like I knew a lot of the names in like the first round and whatnot, but I just didn't know that guy. Actually, I'm changing mine. I have a yeah. or more uh, falling to 52. Oh, that's what I was changing mine to. Yeah, yeah, I'm very surprised about one. that. I did, is that has anything come out? No, nothing's come out. Eh? that's so weird. Sam, what'd you what'd you put? Eagles. Eagles didn't go corner in the first three rounds. I think if J.C. Horn was there at twelve, they take him. But I figured if they don't get one in the first round, they'll go second round or maybe third round. But they did not go corner um, until the fourth or fifth round. So. Not a another big, another big surprise for me was again it's a biased one it's the Colts but the Colts taking Sam Ellinger I was a bit confused. And Saints took Ian Book. Yeah, but you guys need a quarterback. Like yeah. we took a quarterback last year. Yeah. I think of all the like outside first round uh, quarterbacks, Ian Book is probably the smartest guy to come to come to 
the scenes. I think he'll, if anyone could learn that offense quick, it's him. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything to say about that, Shaner? No. All right. Shane loves Ian Book. I do. I'm a big Ian Book guy. Are you actually? Yeah, I love Ian Book. Interesting. I told you, my dad's a big Notre Dame guy. I always watch Notre Dame. I'm a big Ian Book guy. I wanted Ian Book. I wanted them to draft him. I wanted the Giants to draft him. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for Think Fast. I kind of liked it. Let's move on. (laughs) We're going to move on to a segment that we all love. It's a little segment that we like to call NBC Trivia. So as you guys remember it, I was usually the host, but now we're deciding to change things. What we're going to do is starting today, whoever wins trivia will become the host the next week. Who's the defending champ? The defending champ is Shane, but but Cam is, is starting. It's Dawson. I thought it's it was Dawson. Dawson. I thought it, it was Dawson. I thought Shane yeah. came back. I don't think it's Hell me. No. No, well, it's me. me and Dawson have the same amount of dubs. So Trust me, say hello to your new trivia master. Get ready. It's going to be a fun one. This week. Got my I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm excited. So okay, I don't have the pa- I don't have the papers um, with the answers on them. I just didn't feel like okay. wasting a bunch of paper. But I'm just going to lie to us. We're all going to very fact check. He's just going to lie to us. We're all good. Very That's fact fine. checked. Um, I'm excited. Well, all right, you guys. We're going down. same format: three NFL, three NBA, three NHL. Right. And remember, Cam, you have to count us down. Let's be uh, let's be strict with the time this time around. Oh yeah, we're gonna do that. Oh, no, like not crazy strict, but like. If you know it, you know it. If not, you don't. Yeah. First question comes out of the we're gonna start with the NFL. Put your football thinking. Oh god. I am so scared right now. All right. Who's the only player in NFL history to return a pick, a punt, a block punt, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown in their career? Only one player has ever done it. Who is he? I don't know. I got it. Five. I'm oh, very confident. I'm confident in this. Two, one, go. Let me see. Dawson got it right. Yes, audience. sir. Ed Reed. I saw that stat the other day somewhere. NFL stats on Twitter. All right. So, Cam, make sure to mention uh, what everyone has. So, so after question one, Dawson has one. Matt I meant, and Shane. Uh, I meant like what we had on the card. Oh, so Matt and Shane had Dion. Um, that was a great guess, though, honestly. And then Dawson had the right answer with Ed Reed. The defending champ comes out hot. Question two. <laughs> this one's going to surprise you guys. Who's the first quarterback to throw for 400-plus yards in three straight games? Seven. Six. Good idea. Five. We got any guesses? Throw them up. Matt had Drew Brees, Shane had Brett Favre, and Dawson had James Winston. Sorry to tell you guys, no one had that one, right? It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow. 2018 with the Bucks. You're lying to me. Wow. I think I think Patty Mahomes did it after him, but he was the first one to ever do it. You could have given me about 300 guesses, and I don't think Fitzpatrick ever would have crossed my mind. That's exactly what I thought when I answered, when I thought, like when I saw the stat, and I was like, okay, I want to challenge these guys. All right. All right. 
So, still Dawson's the only one with a point here. All right. Yeah, we get it, all right. Question three for the NFL, the last one. Who was the last defensive player to win MVP? Fuck. I don't know if he ever won, but I'm going to pray to God if he ever won. What? I don't know if my guy ever won either. I, 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 think, I think I'm thinking of the Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> put him up. Put him up. Matt had Charles Woodson. Shane and Dawson both had J.J. Watt. Boys, it was Lawrence Taylor in 1980. Okay, that's what I was going to put, too. I was going to put that, too. But I'm like, it couldn't have been that long. I don't know. I just remember J.J. Watt just going off that one year. I really yeah. – I really, You know when he had, like, five touchdowns? As a tight end. Yeah. 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 All right. After NFL. Yeah, yeah, after NFL, there's barely any points on the board. I guess I went a little too hard. I'm sorry, boys. They get pretty. They get easier after. I'm just gonna pray for NHL because that's that's all I got right now. Well, you could you could count me out for NBA because. <laughs> all right, NBA. Here we go. Which current? Oh, we're stopping. We're ending with NHL. Oh, <laughs> I need to stack which, them which, now. All right. Which active player's father is the GM of Team Canada basketball? There's not that many Canadians in the well, NBA. I know this. And his dad played in the NBA as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 100% sure. I'm probably wrong. Let's so. go. Seven, six, five, four, I'm, three. I'm, yeah, I'm wrong. Two. So Matt and Shane had Andrew Wiggins. Dawson had Kelly Olinick. Boys, <laughs> he's, a, he's a young buck. RJ Barrett. Oh, Really? Oh. Yeah, oh, it makes sense. Just... He's, he's buddies with Steve Nash. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Rowan Barrett, his, his father. His father or something. Do I get half right. points for Kelly Olenek? You win for Kelly. No, he might not even make the <laughs> roster. Yeah, that's crazy. Kelly Olenek right. definitely making that roster. Yeah. Especially with Murray out. Anyways, moving on to number two. Where did Lugo and Stort go to college? And I thought of this question. I have no idea. I thought of this question. Um. After he balled out against the Raps. Let me know when I can raise it. Four, three, two. Let's go. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Shane and Dawson both got it right. Lou Dor went to Arizona oh, State. I needed that one to stay alive here before NHL. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us the score. Um. Before the third question of the NBA, Matt has none, Dawson has two, Shane has one. Tight race. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Another college question. I like these ones, to be honest. I love Where did Chris Paul go to college? I don't know. Any of these players. I have no idea. He gave them their first number one ranking. I'm definitely wrong. I'm scoring with the first school that came to my mind. This is the first one that came to my head, too. It's not even right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Matt had Utah, Shane has Oklahoma, and Dawson has UNLV. He went to Wake Forest. Oh, oh I never would have gotten Never. Damn, boys. All right. Basically, I made hurt. these way too hard. I am so sorry. No, this is good. This is good. I am hurting right now. All right. So, My after the NBA. Ever. After the NBA, Dawson is in the lead with two points. Shane has one. Matt's yet to be on the board, but he will be after the NHL. Time to rally. Time to Fuck. rally. Fuck. 
Even now that I think about this, Shane might go three for three here. What? Baby, let's go. No. You guys should all get at least one of these, though. Right. First okay, question okay. in the NHL. Patty Marlowe, Patty Marlowe just played in his, like, whatever. He just broke the record, right? 1,700-something. Yeah. In the same draft year. Joe Thornton. Who drafted him? Who drafted Joe Thornton? Come on, boys. Come on, boys. No idea. Come on. Come on. Boys. Six. I hope I know this. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. I know who he played for before. Let's go! Fuck. I didn't see what Matt had LA, Shane and Dawson at Boston. No idea. Boys are both right. Is that the one that we should have all gotten right? Hmm? Is that the one that we should have all gotten right? No, the next one is. Oh, man. Watch me get this one wrong, bro. No, you won't. You won't. Well, at this point, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll yeah. get it right 100%. Which NHL team had three consecutive first overall picks between 2010 and 2012? Okay. I, I thought for sure. If you didn't give me the dates, I was screwed. I, I didn't know if it had happened before, so I just wanted to say, you know what? I'm happy. The boys all got it right. I'm not Edmonton. happy because Dawson's going to win again. I just remember because of the Taylor Hall uh, curse or whatever. Austin, how fast is your heart beating right now? Very. Because mine is going very fast. Okay, so if we're we have. I'm scared because if we don't, if you, you I already gave you guys my tiebreaker question. Don't right, worry, we're, we're not going overtime. I'm ending this shit right here. I'm ending this shit right here. All right. Who? Okay, so the Atlanta Thrashers shut down. Wiped off the exist wiped off wiped off the planet of this earth. What? Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> wiped off the planet Earth, all right? Who did they become? What city did Atlanta oh. move to? Are you kidding me? I think I I mean, is it yeah, I think it's this team. Dawson's definitely winning this, man. Congratulations, Dawson. Back to back. All right, the boys all got it right. Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. And Dawson is your two time Two in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah, boys. Congratulations, friend. At least so I got means, a couple here. Bye. So that means I'm I'm hosting trivia next week? Seems like it. Oh, baby. I enjoyed that. Except for Planet of This Earth. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> oh, man. No, Cam, you did an excellent job. Yeah, I agree. If uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the job at Jeopardy, uh, you have my vote. Oh, no. I'll never take that from Trebek. All right. Well, congratulations, Dawson. That's two in a row now. That's kind of crazy. Who would have thought? Who would have thought like a month ago that Dawson would be on a two trivia winning streak? And he went three for three in the NHL. Well, with that being said, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment, top five. You always do this. I know it's 10. And it's, that's 10. <laughs> but it's two fives. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I'm so for this week, in. what? I'm keeping that in. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So for this week, 
we decided to do top five biggest 2021 NFL draft steals. Okay, so I'm going to go first. And I know you guys might not like this, but I'm going to shout out Mac Jones to the Patriots, okay? And I got to say, I think the Patriots got a steal out of this because they got a guy to be their guy who was projected to be at three at 15 without trading anything, okay? So that in itself is a steal, okay? We all knew that the Patriots had interest in Mac Jones and maybe – Maybe they had more interest than we thought, and I guess they were they were banking on the 49ers, like not trading, uh, not taking Mac Jones, and I think they they got their guy at 15, and uh, I think Mac Jones is gonna surprise some people, but whatever. Number five, I have Christian Barmore going to the Pats at 38. Okay, to me this is a steal because I had him going, I had him going at 15 or 16. I had him going in the first round. Maybe 15 or 16 was a little bit of a reach, but I think 38 is a steal. Um, this guy's a dog. Number four, I have Caleb Farley to the Titans at 22. A lot of people had him projected to slide, but in my opinion, that is a steal. That player is an unbelievable talent, and to get him at 22 for the Titans that desperately need corner play, I think that's a steal. Number three, Justin Fields to the Bears at 11. I thought the Bears were easily going to have to trade into the top 10 to get Fields, and somehow they ended up with him at 11. They didn't give up much. They gave up a first and a third, but if you're trading, okay, if you're trading up in the draft to draft your guy, giving up a That's first That's still a lot to give. For your franchise quarterback? That's not a lot really. to trade. That is a lot to trade. Okay. You can't say they didn't give up much. They got their guy, think, but they gave I, up a lot to get their guy. I, I think it's a, it's a, it was a bit of a gamble just because lose. I don't think any of the other the picks outside of the first is a big deal. I mean, at all. But the first, we'll see. But I agree, Matt. Like, it, it was a it was a fair offer, I guess. Yeah. The Giants you know, got a great return, though. You know, this is hypothetical. But what about in what if in three years Justin Fields an MVP candidate and we're like they only gave up first and a third. You know, like, it depends on the perspective, you know, yeah, great for the Giants, maybe horrible for the Bears. It's just to me, the way I see it is if you're trading up to draft a guy you think is going to be on your team and your quarterback for the next 15 to 20 years, let's say 10 to 15 years, I think that's not a lot to give up. I just don't think they – I think it was a win-win. It's a win-win for both. Yeah. The Giants yeah. traded back. They got, oh. obviously, a receiver they liked. Yeah. I don't think All they right. can lose. Number two – I had him slated at number one, but now I have him at number two. I have Penny Sewell, or Penny, Penny Sewell, to the Lions at seven. Like I said before, I think it's hard to explain a, a steal at seven, but I've seen this guy's tape, and I think he's one of the best O-line prospects I've ever seen. And I think the Lions getting, getting him at seven without even trading is like a lottery. Like, I, like that is such a steal in my opinion. And number one, I, I think it's got to be Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora at 52. A lot of people had him in the first round, and he slid hard. To, I had him slated as my second best linebacker in the draft after Micah Parsons, and they got him at 52. Yeah. Steal of the draft, in my opinion, although Sewell is definitely going to end up probably being the best player, best – I mean the best – steal out of these five 
unless Justin Fields turns into like the greatest quarterback. Yeah. Okay, well, Matt, um, I'm disappointed to say we have an identical list minus one. Okay. So at five, uh, actually, I want to give two special shout outs. One, uh, Christian Derisaw to the Vikings at 23. I didn't see many, if any, mocks of him falling out of the top 20. I saw him going to the Chargers in almost every single mock I looked at. Uh, so shout out to him there. But number five, I have Christian Barmore going to the Patriots uh, at 38. Number four, I have Aziz Ojolari, uh 50th to the Jets. That was a, the Jets. Number Giants. Uh, Giants. <laughs> that was a Jesus great Christ. pick. That was a great pick. Yeah, it was. A great my bad, I need to respect Austin. My bad, Shane. My bad, my bad. Um, number three, Justin Fields going to the Bears. Number two, JOK going to the Browns. And then number one, I have uh, Panay Sewell going to the Detroit Lions at seven. Again, like Matt said, it's hard to justify a steal at seven, but he, he – uh, for me, prospect ranking, if there wasn't quarterback needs, it would be Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell. So I think he was a top three prospect in this draft, and getting him at seven is very, very nice. I love that. I think I'm I'm totally on your page there in terms of, like, mm-hmm. prospects and shit, too. Yeah. Don't jump on me because I, I, I like to think of steel, and it's hard to, like, evaluate this if it's not for a few years, but I like to think of steals outside of the first round. Yeah. Yep. So I, I still think there's like like you guys said, like Sewell at seven's a steal for Detroit, but I went with guys who just like purely off guys who I watch in college and, and who I think will succeed and, and where they went. So at number five, Tylen Wallace, receiver out of Oklahoma State. The Ravens got him at, at pick one thirty one. I think he's gonna come in, has a chance to start. Like he's he's an impact guy. He's freaking quick. Um yeah, not much more to say. At four, Creed Humphrey. To the Chiefs, he's like to me. He's like a second coming of Jason Kelsey. Like he's just he's an Iron Man. I watched him for the last three years at Oklahoma. Boy. Guy never misses a snap. Almost. He is a like, big fucking boy. He is. He is. But Holy he's shit. he's he's an Iron Man. He I, I like unless he breaks his yeah. leg, he won't be missing a game. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that about him, and they got him in the third or fourth round too. So, um, yeah, great pick for them. At number three, like I said before, Ronnie Perkins to the Pats at 96. Really like that pick for them. I think he's a great fit. Um, at two, I actually have Amari Rodgers to the Packers at 85. I think he's going to be a big impact guy for them. I re- he has a great work ethic. Um, I think he'll have chemistry with Devontae, too, if, if he ends up staying. If Devontae's gone, don't expect him to be a number one <laughs> at all. I could see him being more like a slot guy. Yeah. Um, but at number one, I'm with you guys. JOK to the Browns in the second round. Absolute shocker. So, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> he might be the best second-round player in this like, draft. Like, we always say that, like, like we're always saying on this podcast, like, we, have a, we have a group chat going, and literally, like, the entire – like, literally after pick, like, 18, literally – Okay, next, for sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. Every second text was, okay, it's got to be now. Like, yeah, okay, he's a lock here. He's a lock here. Yeah. I thought for sure, for sure someone would call up – who had the – the Jags had the first pick of the second round, right? Yeah. I thought they would. Someone would for sure trade up and take him because it didn't make sense. Then he slid like twenty more picks. Dude, I thought the Saints were gonna take him. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. All yeah, right. but when Cleveland traded up to get like to fifty-seven or whatever the hell it was, like I was, <laughs> we all said it. We we're all like, okay, it's JOK yeah. now, finally. Yeah. All right. Well, like Cam said, I didn't. I didn't have anybody in the first round, just because. 
like you're picked in the first round. You're supposed to be there. So, um, number five, Creed Humphrey at 63 to the Chiefs. I told Cam like three months ago that I wanted this guy to be the future center of the Giants. And my heart shattered when he got drafted by the Chiefs. They rebuilt that O-line. You heard me say on a podcast earlier that they needed to fix their O-line and they completely revamped it. Like right now might be top five O-line in the league. As, and Patrick Mahomes is no longer running for 497 yards. Um, for Christian Barmore, uh, the reason he fell, I don't know if you guys heard, but before the draft, apparently he doesn't like being coached. I don't know what that means. But uh, he was projected first round, and he doesn't like being coached, so that's why I saw he fell. I, I, saw something about right that. They get drafted. I saw something about that before the draft. Like, not that he doesn't like to be coached, but that he didn't really show up last year until the last, like, four or five games. And as soon as he, as the Pats took him, I was like, okay, that might be a concern for the 31 other teams. But for Bill Belichick, yeah. like, that's the least of his concerns. First of all, if, if Bill Belichick can't get him to show up, his career is over. Like, if, yeah, if Bill can't do it, nobody else is doing it. Yeah. So that was probably the best fit for him. Uh, number three, it pains me to say that there's a Dallas Cowboy on this list. That's Jabril Cox. I saw. I was going to put him in, too. Like, that's – there's I know they took Michael Parsons in the first round and their linebacking core is stacked, but there's no way he should have been in the fourth round. He should have been maybe – he should have been a day two pick. Probably end of second round, early third. Um, he was a baller at North Dakota State, then transferred to LSU and just kept playing at a high level. Another guy I wanted. Uh, at number two, I have Trevon Merrick. Yeah. Because he okay. fell hard. I saw something that I think is really true. The Raiders could have drafted him at, what was it, 17 or 18, and then drafted Leatherwood in the second round, and they would have had the same draft just – Yeah. Like reversed, yeah. Um, but him falling that I did not think he was getting past Jacksonville at twenty five. No, like I thought there was no way. And then uh, at thirty three too. Yeah, and they went, they took Tyson Campbell at thirty three, I think. Yeah. Uh, at number one, I have JOK. Also, it's it's not even up for debate at this point. I don't. No Ojolari on your list. I, I just I just don't want to I don't want to sound biased, so I uh, I didn't I didn't put a uh, huge. There's also on. like that little like you could jinx it, the guy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I heard yeah, like him and Andrew it. Thomas were roommates at Georgia, so I'm sure that helped out the. Uh, mm, that's dope. The like Andrew that's Thomas it. was at his his draft party. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard a couple. I don't know. Say he's the best. He's their best yeah. pass rusher. A lot of people of this had draft. One, yeah. yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of like. In a lot of drafts, you get there's always like a couple guys that like are like let's say like fourth round picks or whatever, and they end up being like like Pro Bowlers, like All Stars, you know, in the league or whatever. But then there's sometimes like the guys that go with like like let's say at 52, right? And let's say JOK turns into like a top five linebacker, people are just gonna be like, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, like literally everyone had him like up on their draft boards, like in the top three linebackers, and gets drafted at fifty-two. And like the last Notre Dame linebacker that was projected first round that fell to the second round was Jalen Smith, and we all know how good Jalen Smith is. Oh, he that was a little bit different though. He was hurt, but yeah, he blew on. Maybe maybe JOK is hurt also. We don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I that's why I'm so curious about what like what why did he fall? 
Yeah. Sure, there we'll has to be something. There has like, to be I like Jamin Davis. I don't know how he'll fit in Washington. Like, he got a lot of buzz the few weeks before, like, leading up to the draft. But, like, for there to be no backer between him and, and JOK, I don't know. Weird. He, he definitely lied about seeing the $100 bill at the end of the playbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. All right. That does it for top five. Top five biggest steals of the draft in 2021. Let's move on to our last segment of the week. The segment that we end every week with. That is our lock of the week in terms of betting. This week we talked a lot about football. Now I'm going to switch gears to football. (laughs) Fuck you. Sorry. (laughs) All right. I may have been the worst thing anybody's ever done. Respect. <laughs> I, I called Washington the fire rats. Oh, man. Oh, All right. <laughs> but anyways, you guys know I'm a big Real Madrid guy. They're in the Champions League semifinals. Uh, last week, they played at home against Chelsea in the first leg, tied 1-1. Uh, so now they play Wednesday uh, at Stamford Bridge in Chelsea. And they have to score at least one goal to even have a chance at making it through. Because if, if it ends 0-0, it's aggregate 1-1. And Chelsea has the away goal, which puts them through. So my lock of the week is actually a tough one because right now they're not favored to, to advance at all. But my, uh, my lock of the week is that Real Madrid will advance to the Champions League final. I like it. Yeah. All right. So as you guys know, with my bold prediction this week, I went pretty bold. Uh, and I'm going to do the same with my lock of the week. It's going to be a pretty bold lock of the week. Um, well, it depends how you take it, but uh, I love the Blue Jays this year. The Blue Jays are fucking – the record doesn't show it, but they're they're a very good team. They are exciting to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, speaking of exciting, what's more exciting than a home run? My lock of the week this week is Vlad, Bo, George Springer, and Teoscar all hit homers this week. I love to hear that. All right. I love to they hear that. They all hit dingers this week. Put a parlay. Fuck. Might have to. Shane touched touched on Taylor Hall a bit before. Um, Boston's looking to secure their spot. The Rangers hot on their tail. Um, they're both sitting at four and five. Boston in the spot right now. They play on Thursday. Boston's going to win. Boston Bruins lock. I might throw actually. I might. I'm gonna throw money down on that too, for all the listeners. Well, Boston gets a point tonight. It's over. Like they lock. They clinch the spot. Well, that's um. We're we're, <laughs> we're gonna stick with hockey here, boys. My boy, Brock Besser out in Vancouver, hasn't scored in four games. That will end Tuesday night against the Edmonton Oilers. He hasn't scored in four games. He sucks. Yeah, he also leads the team in points and goals, and it's fine. He's American. It doesn't matter. And Shane wants to take him on a date. (laughs) Brock Brock Besser, if you're listening, I will take you out on a date. Just quickly, if you could date one male athlete, which male athlete would you want to date? LeBron James. Yeah, he would treat you so nice. You would. I feel like we'd also have a nice glass of wine together. I don't like wine, though. Ray Rice. (laughs) (laughs) And that does it, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 21 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. As Matt said at the beginning of the show, 
You can follow us on all social medias at Nothing But Controversy. Matt, do you have anything to say before we sign her off? Yeah, I mean, since you did my part, I'll do yours. Go and give us a like, and Shane will give you a kiss. <laughs> <laughs>